Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so powerful in this place today. God, when you come to God with the spirit of thanksgiving, God is so willing to do. He is so willing to pour out his blessings. When we think about God, not just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He's saying, he's up in heaven saying, for what, for what, for what? But when you say, thank you, God, for what you have done in my life, you know what? God is, he is up there and he is wanting to pour out his blessings on us today. God is so good. God is so powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise before we sit down. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we praise your name, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated this afternoon. God is so good. God is so powerful. And it's amazing to see when you step into that spirit of thanksgiving. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Before we even get there, we've got to have a spirit of thanksgiving. And you know what? He is willing to do amazing things. So thank you, Pastor Beardsley and First Lady and this great church for having us here today. It's an honor to share a little bit about what God is doing in our lives. We've started our second deputation now, but God has become so real to us even way before this. So I'm going to take you on a little journey throughout my life, and I pray that God, it would minister to you today. So the first, what I'd like to title it today is, what is your life reflecting? Is it okay if I'm real to you? Is it okay if I'm real with you today? God has laid something on my heart that I want to share. And God has become so real to me. And for those that are thinking, oh, I'm not like Sister Wiccan. I'm not like I'm missionary. But you know what? I grew up in a little home missions church in the middle of Canada, in the middle of nowhere. You know, I didn't come from a prestigious or important background. I just felt like plain old me. But I chose to believe that God had a plan for my life. And you know what? From the onset, God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter if you're five years old. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 75, even 99, or even 100. God has a plan for your life. And, you know, I did not have a wonderful heritage that God passed on like it wasn't a silver platter. I had to work. I had to do, I had to live life. But you know what? I had a godly heritage. And this next slide you'll see are my grandparents. My grandparents just celebrated 70 years of marriage. They have been serving God for most of their lives. They came into the truth when they were about their 20s. And my grandfather, he'll be 92 next month. Their love for God has been poured into me from a very young age, since I was born. They pray for us every day. You know, there's those people that say, oh, I'll pray for you. We pray for you every day. And you're like, really? Do you pray for me every day? Well, these are my grandparents, Jerry and Velma. And you know what? They pray for me every day. And they love God so much. A little while ago, they bought a new vehicle. And, you know, they're in their 80s, 90s. And they bought this new vehicle. 
Do you know what their new vehicle was? You're thinking a nice, cushy car or something nice. They bought a 15-passenger van so that they could pick up people and take people to church. I have, I'm so blessed with a godly heritage. They have a genuine love for God. My scripture today I'd like to take in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know what? It's us doing our part, but it's all about God. And you know what? It's my desire that you know God in a greater way. And when we become real to God, God will become real to you. Because there's a lot of times we can go through the motions. We've, some of us may have grown up in church our whole life. Some of us may be very new. But it is so easy to go through the motions. But when you're truly real to God, God becomes so real to you. And he becomes powerful in your life. When you realize that God has a plan for your life, it makes all the difference. I began to see God, see my life, how God sees me. It's not, it changed my way of thinking. You need to know that God loves you so very much. In Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 4, the King James Version says, Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. A different translation says, I have paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich cush and Seba thrown in, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade creation just for you. God would trade the whole creation just for you. He loves you so very much. For me, I'm thinking, who am I that God would love me? An amazing God would love me so very much. But you know what? God loves you, and he's got a plan for you. He'd sell everything that he has just for you. You know, it's, it's amazing. Think about a moment about diamonds. They're one of the most precious creations that, you know, they're rare, they're beautiful, they're highly prized. But you know what? They don't value at all in comparison how God values you. God values you, values you so much more. You know, am I really more precious than diamonds? But you know what? We make mistakes. We fall. We mess up. Does God really care about us? God does. When we can become real with God, God becomes so real to you. God has formed so many diamonds, but you know what? He's only made one of you. Say, there's only one of me. And you can look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord, there's no more of you. <laughs> but there's only one of you. God has made you. And he wants someone exactly like you. You know what? He has plans for you. Some of you may know, may know us that we're missionaries to Fiji and the Solomon Islands. But let me take you back even a little before that. I'm just going to take you on a journey through my life a little bit. How... I realized that God, God became so real to me. And if, 
And if I can relay that to somebody today, it is the most wonderful thing in the world. When God becomes real to you, when God speaks to you, when you hear his voice, when you feel his loving arms wrapped around about you, that is the best thing in the world. We were out in the the middle of a village in the highlands of Fiji, and we were just out, I mean, way, way out there, way out there. And we went into this church service, and I mean, you could literally feel the presence and the love of God. And I'm thinking, God, who am I? We were so honored and so humbled to be a part of it. But God, you're so real. He was so real to us in that moment. God wants to become real to each and every one of you today. He's got a plan for your life. So going back, I was I had graduated Bible school and I was in my early 20s. I had no current relationship at the time. God had removed that from my life. And a side note, if God takes anything out of your life, he will always replace it with something better. So do not fear. God always replaces it with something better. So I was working for the Lord. and I was like, God, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? I had always wanted to do a missions trip. And a dear friend of our families is Sister Elsa Lund. She was a missionary to Africa. She actually lives about an hour and a half away from my parents. And we knew her. And I was like, Africa, that's like the real missions work. So I'd like to go there. So I got some books on Africa. And I was, you know, the baby in my family. There's me and my brother. And I'm like, my mom is never going to let me go to Africa. She's never going to let me go. So I had some books on Africa. And they were about my room. And she's like, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's just some books on Africa. And I'm like, I'd like to do a missions trip there. And her response surprised me. She says, I'm not surprised. And I'm like, what? You're not going to fight me? You're not going to, you're not going to say I can't go? I was all geared up, ready. You know, I had this plate over in my mind how it was going to go down. So She's like, no, she knew. She knew God had a plan for my life. So I made plans to spend a year on AIM in Africa. And just a couple months before um, I had gone over, there was a youth weekend we went to attend, and we brought our youth group to another church. And guess who was the speaker? Well, that would be my husband, my future husband at the time. So anyways, I'm like, hi, by the way, I'm leaving for a year. See you later. (laughs) So we talked very long distancely. And after I had a wonderful time, God moved in a mighty way. I was able to travel through, I think, five different countries over there. And God, God used, was forming my life. And um, God took us back to Canada to pastor a church. We had got, came back. We got married. We were pastoring a great church, and we had taken a couple missions trips. And my husband said, just so you know, I don't feel we're going to raise our family on the mission field. And I was like, okay. You know, the, we love missions. We'd done several missions trips. While I was in Africa, he took his youth group to a missions trip in Guatemala. We love missions. We supported them. He's like, I just don't feel we're going to raise our family there. So I was like, okay. You know, I thought the missions trip thing was, you know, my deal. And I had done that. I had fulfilled it. So I was like, okay, we're going to continue doing what God wants us to do. So we took this church. We were pastoring there. 
And we were actually pastoring a daughter work church too, which is about 45 minutes away. So we had three services on Sunday, two midweeks, a youth service. We didn't have a youth leader at the time. And then a Saturday night prayer. So, and then I was also in, working in the ICU as a registered nurse, plus raising three babies. So as you can see, it's the, I had a very full, full life. And we were not sickly people, but it was just taking a toll on us physically. And so I was like, okay, God, something needs to change here because we need someone to come in and take the daughter work. We pastored it for about four years, and we started with two adults, and there was five children. And now it was about 25, 30 people, and it was, it was doing very, very well. So we we're like, God, we need you to come in and turn this church over. So I was like, well, I'm going to spend a week in prayer and fasting about this because we need something, God, to do something. So I spent the entire week in prayer and fasting, and I heard absolutely nothing from God. I was like, okay, well, I know prayer and fasting is not in vain, so we're just going to continue being faithful and do continue doing what we're doing. And so, anyways, we just continued continued doing life. And about a week later, there were some missionaries from the South Pacific that came to our house. And they stayed there, and they were just telling my husband some of the needs. And late one night, he, we recount this story. He says, God says, I want you to go. And my husband's like, no. We had a great church. We had a great home. We were very stable in all ways. We had all three children born there. And so he's like, God came back a second time, and he's like, I want you to go. And he's like, okay, God, we'll take a missions trip. We'll go build a church. Because the following year, we were taking a group from our church down to Nicaragua to build a church in Central America. So we we're like, okay, we'll go do that. And God says, no, I want you to go. And he's like, oh, that kind of go. So he's like, well, God, I need you to talk to my wife. So late one night, he says, just out of the blue, he's like, how would you like to go meet missionaries in the South Pacific? And it was late, late, late. And I just looked at him. I said, go back to bed. <laughs> and then I, I got thinking about it. And I was like, for him to say that, it's either two things. Either he's joking or it's of God. Because he would not say that on his own. So I was like, were you being serious or were you joking when you mentioned that to me? And he's, so we discussed it about what God has spoken to him. And then I remember cooking spaghetti and I was like, God, I don't know if I can do this. This is a huge change. Like, I love my house. It's one thing to do it when you're single and you don't have responsibilities, as many responsibilities, shall I say. Now I have my job, had a great house, great church. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It'd be such a huge change. And God stopped me right there and he said, what have you been praying for? A change. And I was like, okay. So then I was thinking, okay. Then I almost started feeling guilty. Seriously, I'm just being real with you. I fe started feeling guilty because we have a burden for these people we're pastoring. Now we have a burden for people that we've never even met. And so 
I was like, God, did I pray this into existence? I'm like, God, I need you to be real with me. You know, and I know this is not what I prayed for. You know, I prayed for someone to come take the daughter work church. And so that would be lifted off. God, you know. And God, he specifically so clearly said to me, the change that you intended is not the change I intended for you. This is the change I intended for you so that you will grow. And at that moment, it was like, hands off. Okay, God, this is you. God, this is, I put everything back on God. Diamonds are formed when they're subject to high temperature and pressure. Some stones take shape in matter of days and months. But you know what? There was that little phrase at the end that I tried to ignore. But God said, so that you will grow. And growing, that's never an easy thing. I had to trust in him. I had to, had to put everything, put our trust in him. God, he led us in so many different ways, but it was truly a growing experience. Moving ahead a couple of years, we were on our way to Fiji. And due to some, due to some bad weather, and we were taking our first flight. And in my mind, this was like 11-hour flight. I was taking a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a six-year-old on this 11-hour flight. I don't know about you, but to me, I had to like mentally prepare for this long flight. I'm taking these babies on this flight. How many of you have been on a plane with babies on a flight? You know what I'm talking about, babies on a flight. So I'm like, Lord, okay, we're going to do this. I'm getting all psyched up. We get there. We get to San Francisco. And if you want to go to the next slide, we're taxiing in. Whoops. Go back to the, the slide here. We're taxiing in, and this is what we see. There's our flight leaving. And so I'm like, we're supposed to be on that flight. I had geared up in my mind. We're going. This is going to be the day we're going to do this long flight. But there it goes. So we were into San Francisco, and we managed to get a hotel. It was like, by then, it was like 1 in the morning. You know, by it was just a mess. And we're like, God, what are you doing? But... We got on, we managed to connect to Fiji, we got on Wi-Fi, and at that time, we had got an email from the general secretary over there saying, we have forwarded you an email from the president's office allowing you into entry into the country with no questions asked. Before that, our paperwork hadn't gone through as they should, and so there was delays and all sorts of things, and if we had not been delayed, we would have not received that email and we would have got to Fiji, hey, we're here missionaries, we're here for like four years. And they're like, no, you're not, turn around, you're gone. But God had provided that letter. What seemed like to be a delay, what seemed to be a disturbance, God had orchestrated it so that he, his will could be accomplished. Another time, go to the next slide. We were on our way to the western part of Fiji. This is our Move the Missions vehicle. Thank you for giving to Move the Missions. Um, we were on our way, and we have to go through some mountainous ranges, and our windshield wiper broke. And we were like, oh, it's, it's going to be rainy. It's a miserable mess. There's accidents on this road all the time. 
So we're like, we're close enough to town. We turned around, we went to one store, and because everything has to be imported into Fiji, the famous words that we hear is out of stock. So we're like, okay, we'll go to another store. So we go to another store. We managed to find a pair of wiper blades for literally $5. And my husband was about to change it. And he looked at it and he's like, it's not even broken. It had just flipped over. But so we took the, kept the new ones and we just stuck them in the back of the trunk. And you could have thought, you know, this was 30 minutes delayed. But you know what? I believe to trust God that that was 30 minutes that God protected us from something. I don't know what it was. There were so many accidents on that highway. But God, you may think delays, disruptions, inconveniences in your life. But you know what? God uses those things to protect you. So rather than grumbling and complain about it, I want to give thanks to God for that. Relating back to diamonds, every one of us are different. Every one of us have gone through different things. We may have different cuts, different shapes, different sizes. Some things that may have cut through us that may have hurt, but sometimes we're wondering why is God shaping us this way? But if we were to take a diamond and shine a light through it, what would happen? It would reflect. If you let light pass through your life, God is shaping us so that Jesus can pass through our life. Maybe those circumstances and situations that you go through, maybe, maybe something that may have hurt or something that may be inconvenient to you, maybe may, it may be a way of God shining his light in a different direction. So it may be imperfections, but you know what? God is shining his light through your life. Go to the next slide. Just the other day, a lady that comes to our house, this is Sister La. She, is a, she shared a testimony with me. We have, there's a, a house in front of ours where a house lady works. And she spoke, she spoke to Sister Law, a good friend of ours. And she told her she wanted to change for the better. She watched me as I'm out there taking my garbage out. You know, I talked to her maybe a couple of minutes, just hello, whatever. But she says, there's something in her that makes me want to change. I didn't give her a home Bible study. I didn't pray her through to the Holy Ghost. But something in my life, while I'm taking my garbage can out to the road, something in my life spoke to her. Don't discount your life. God wants to use you no matter what you're doing. No matter what you're doing, let God's life, God, shine through your life. I'm reminded of another story of Pastor Tui. This is Pastor Tui. He's the Central District Superintendent in Fiji. And he was, he was, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and there was a man from his village. He didn't know him, but God had told him, I want you to go pray for this man. And it was in the middle of the lockdown. This man, um, he was in the hospital on life support. They didn't know why. It wasn't COVID or anything like that, but they just, they didn't, weren't sure why. And so God said, I want you to go pray for him. And Brother Tui's like, the hospital is barricaded by the military. I can't get into the hospital. And God says, I want you to go. So he's like, okay, I'll go. So he goes and he's kind of just walking, you know, sheepishly kind of up to this barricade because, you know, the military is there. They don't let anybody in. And if you know Brother Tui at all, 
He is a wonderful, wonderful man. But on the way, he forgot his mask. And he's like, okay, Lord, they're not really not going to let me in now. So as he's walking up there, he's just kind of walking up to the military barricade. And this young man says, out of the blue, praise the Lord, Pastor Tui. Come on in. And he's like, I don't know who that man was. I've never seen him before. I've never met him since. But he's like, praise the Lord. And he just goes on in. So he goes on up to the ICU and where the, he's like, ICU is not the best place because no one's allowed in the hospital. No one's allowed in the ICU especially. And so he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get there. But he walked in and the lady, she didn't even look up to see him. She just said, you've got two minutes. So he's like, okay. So he goes, finds the man. There was a couple, couple others on life support there. And so he went over to the man. He took his hand and he prayed for him. And nothing happened. And he's like, God, you brought me in here. You got me through the military. You got me through the ICU nurse. Like, you told me to come pray for this man. And nothing happened. And so he looked down at his watch. He had about a, one minute left. So he's like, ah, God, you're going to do something. So he took the man's hand and he was praying fervently in Jesus' name, binding sickness and casting it out. And all of a sudden he felt something grab his arm and he opened up his eyes and that man was sitting up and he was trying, you know, pulling at tubes and all this. He didn't, the man didn't know where he was. And so Brother Tui was so excited. He said, thank you, Jesus. And when he did, the man beside him on life support sat up. And then he was, when he saw two of them, he's like, in Jesus' name, the man on the other side sat up. And so now there was, you know, bells and everything going off. And the nurse looked up and she came in there and she's like, I don't know who you are, but get out of here. <laughs> and if you go to the next slide, you see this man, he's being wheeled out there. But then he walked out the next day in Jesus' name. He went to the headquarters. He was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. God, you know what? That man, he didn't know God. He wasn't, he, it, he wasn't supposed to be able to live. But you know what? When, God, when you can't get out, God can still get in. So whenever, whatever situation you may be in, you know what? God can still reach you. God is looking. He wants to speak to each one of you today. God has a plan for your life. He wants to shine through your life. And it begins with courage because when, you're, when you are real with God, God will become real to you. God sees and knows everything. You just have to have the strength to open up to him because he knows everything already. You can't hide it. But you know what? If you allow him to work through your life, it is the best thing. You pour out your heart to God. He'll clean all that stuff out. There's something you may think, my life, I've made so many mistakes. I can't, I can't do it, you know. I've been through a lot. Well, I want to share one verse um, with you in Jeremiah chapter 29. And you may have seen this before. Um, before I do that, what is this right here? 
Can you see it? I'll say here, I'll turn it. A $20 bill. Now, some of you may have seen this before, but I thought it was so profound to realize, I want you to imagine your life like this $20 bill. You may have seen it before, but I, I lo absolutely love it. Okay, what happens if I fold this $20 bill? What is the value of this $20 bill? $20. Oh, so that means if we get bent out of shape, our life is still worth $20? Or maybe not $20 per se. You know, your life is way more than that, I apologize. But your life is still valuable to God. Okay, what happens if we go through situations that maybe kind of hurt us and get us, we get crumpled up? What happens if, you know, our lives get stepped on or we get thrown down in the mud or go through situations? Your life is still so valuable to God. God loves you so very much. And you know what? In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God is looking for your life and say, God, I give you my life. It may be crumpled up. It may be wrinkled. It may be covered in mud. But you know what? God can take you. He can clean you up. He can, and you know what? If you give your life to God, he will make your life reach so many different areas. Not spend your life, but he will make your life touch so many areas that you had never imagined before. Because we can give our lives to so many different things, give our lives to so many different people, but it will not nearly be fulfilling as giving our life to God. So when we become real to, with God, he can shine through your life. And this last picture I want to sh share with you is, are you reflecting God's love? This is, this was me just a little, I was walking along these, we were waiting for a boat to take us out on this little trip. And one of the, the little child here right beside me to my left there had, was walking along these rocks and they're volcanic rocks because a lot of Fiji was made from volcanoes. And well, volcanic rocks are very unforgiving. They hurt if you fall on them. Well, this little boy had fallen down in between the rocks and had gotten stuck. And so he was, he was in there. He was just crying, crying, crying. So I went over to him and I picked him up. And, you know, he was, we were in a village that they don't really have a whole lot of white people. And so I'm sure he was very scared of me too. He was like a little freaked out. But I picked him up and I brushed him off and I just sat down and I talked with him as best I could in Fijian language. And you know what? We had a great conversation and they brought me what is called tavola, which is their Fijian almond. They said, have you ate this? And I was like, no, I hadn't. And so they brought this whole bag of this tavola over and they cracked them and we ate them. And you know what that was? That was a little bit of God's love shining through. You know what? No, I didn't. I didn't have a major prayer meeting with them. But you know what? I just showed them some love, the love of God. So as we stand today, I challenge you. I, I hope you see your life as valuable to God. I hope you see your life. God has a plan. God wants to shine his love through your life. No matter where you go, no matter what situation you may be in, it may be in at work, 
where there is, it's a horrible place. It may be where it's not the best situation, but I challenge you to shine. Let your God shine through your life. I challenge you, pour out your heart today. Get the things out that God wants to get out of your life. Because if you have something, say if you have a diamond, it's covered in mud or, you know what? It can't reflect God's love. So as we, um, today, let's just close our eyes and let's just ask God to touch our lives. God has a plan for your life. God wants to shine through your life, but he's waiting to... He's waiting for you to make that commitment. You know what? There's so many people that are hungry, that are waiting, that are waiting to hear. God, you see us today, Lord Jesus. God, we come before you, Lord. God, you see each one of our circumstances, each one of our situations, Lord. You see each person here. God, no, we're not perfect, Lord. But God, help us to be obedient to your word, Lord Jesus. God, help us to let your light shine through our lives, Jesus. God, there's so many people that are waiting to see you. So many people that need to hear about your love, Jesus. God, help us to shine, Lord Jesus. God, help us to shine your light through our lives, Jesus. God, cleanse out the stuff that may be blocking your light, Lord Jesus. God, we want to be have a pure light that you can shine through. Oh, God, move in a greater way, Lord Jesus. God, as I turn this over, if you want to take a step to this front and say, God, I don't know what you have for my life, but God, I believe you have a plan for my life. Just step from where you are, and God will move in a greater way. God bless you today. Hallelujah. The same God that works in the South Pacific and the Solomon Islands, the same God that works here. This altar is open. You may come. Come and lay your burdens down. Come and let God minister to you. Come and let God do. Give him an opportunity to do what he wants to do in your life. If you're new here today, this is family. It's okay. Come along. If you want someone to pray with you, but give God an opportunity to minister personally to you today. This altar is open. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, have your way in our lives, Lord Jesus. Transform us, Lord God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Oh, you are a way maker, a miracle worker, Lord Jesus. Deliver us today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, if you want his spirit, it's a perfect atmosphere today. If you want to be filled with the spirit of God, ask him. It's his good pleasure to give it to you this day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, 
Hallelujah, Jesus. If you want God to wash away your sins, that baptism is full. We'll baptize you gladly in the mighty name of Jesus today. That name that's above all names. Oh, hallelujah. Just tap someone beside you and say, I want to be made whole today. I want to be cleansed. I want to be washed. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's no time like today to take God up on this great salvation that he's made possible. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We thank you, God. Oh, God, we surrender to your will. We surrender to your way, Jesus. Oh, God, we want your will to be done in us, Jesus. Heal us, oh, God. Strengthen us, Jesus. Give us direction. Oh, give us that measure of faith, oh, God, to trust you at your word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for making yourself known, Jesus. For your presence, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Have your way today, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we know that the plans you have are good, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we want to walk and live in your goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Keep praying, church. God is working here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lunch your weight. Give God time to do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. So me akiosha bababokin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worship you. Oh, yamani akiosha. Oh, we call upon your great name this day, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, 
like you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I hope you know that God is portable. And we certainly felt his presence in there. We were, we were certainly blessed by Sister Wicked's uh, testimonies and, and what she shared this morning. But this same God that you can reach right here, you can reach at home. You can reach in the midnight hour. You can reach on that doctor bed. You can reach wherever you are. And so I implore you in your daily lives, reach for him. He wants to do amazing things in your life. He wants your light to shine. He wants all those facets that he's cut in your life. He wants to use those to touch someone. I hope you heard the continuity between Joyce's Just a Taste and Sister Wicked's message there, you know, with this, you know, this, this culture shock. The little things you do in darkness, that little bit of light you shine in darkness makes a big impact. You know, we're the cell phone generation. And you, you walk into a room now and it's dark and, and we don't think to go get the flashlight. We all put the little light on, on our flashlight on our, on our cell phones. A few weeks ago, my power went out unexpectedly. And I couldn't find the candles. I couldn't find anything. And I had my cell phone light on. And it, although the house was pitch black, that little light from the cell phone made a big difference. Don't underestimate what God is doing in your life. Don't, don't dim down your light. Don't say mine is too little to matter. God wants to use each and every one of us. So go and let your light shine, people of God. Let your light so shine. God bless you all. Don't forget to stop by Sister Wicked's table out there. She's got some cool things. And you know those daggers for the cannibals. According to Arash. And uh, maybe get something cool for your mantle or some whatever your curio cabinet is where you have some things. Be sure to stop by there and be a blessing. God bless you all. And we'll see you next Sunday. Don't forget there's Sunday school at 2 o'clock. So... If, you're, if your children are not already registered, you have children with you today, be sure to stop by and let your children get a word from the Lord.